Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Whitney Levesque, back again with another episode for you guys. As always, I'm so grateful that you're all here with me this week. I'm really excited about today's episode. Um, I'm not too excited about the fact that I'm doing it during a Mercury retrograde. I was going to do something a little more, like, chill for a podcast today, but I've been thinking about this one in particular a lot lately, and... Going by my human design, my sacral was just telling me to do it. So here we are. This week's episode is going to be all about things they don't tell you about manifestation. And basically, I just feel like there's a lot of information, especially these days, out there about law of attraction and manifestation. And um, as someone who has been actively sort of manifesting some pretty big things over the last two years... Um, I just really want to take a moment to share you guys some of the big things that I personally have learned through this process. Um, something I really love about manifestation is you do learn a lot, specifically about yourself. So, yeah, like, (laughs) um, yeah. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast episode. So, the first thing that I wanted to discuss, um, the first thing they don't tell you about manifestation is that there is this thing, um, a lot of us know these as universal laws. Um, I believe certain things like the secret or whatever sort of came up with, um, the 12 universal laws. And, like, people just kind of, my issue with the universal laws, honestly, is that people tend to just make up random stuff. Um, and what a lot of people don't know is that these laws are based out of, um, a very ancient, thing called Hermeticism, which I've talked about a little bit on the show before. If you want to know more about it in depth, there is a book called The Kybalion. I don't know who actually wrote it. I don't know if there is an actual author because it is kind of like a very old sort of mystical uh, book, Um, but you can read it to learn more. Um, And yeah, so people, a lot of people don't talk about this. Um, And what Hermeticism really is, is it's kind of like the foundation of basically everything. There's seven principles and they they basically ex- just kind of connect the dots and explain everything in life in a way. Not really explain, but just kind of show you different patterns and correlations. And when it comes to manifestation, you can actually use these seven, um, these seven principles uh, to manifest things. And a really big thing I wanted to talk about is that when you are manifesting something, Um, what a lot of people do is they just focus on one of these, especially when it comes to, like, things like universal laws, like, some people just focus on law of attraction and then, like, forget the rest. Um, and really, you can't just focus on one. All of, all seven of these principles are going to be taken into consideration when you're manifesting. So, I'm just going to quickly go over them. Um, yeah, I'm just going to quickly go over them. I've, eventually, I would love to do, like, a more in-depth podcast series on this. But for now, um, I'm just going to quickly explain them to you guys. The first principle is mentalism. And basically, this is just the principle that um, basically everything is mental. Everything is in your mind. Um, I know the Kybalion talks about, like, the all. And that is kind of, like, sort of like a, a little bit of a stable force. Like, things that stay consistent. Um, that is kind of what helps keep our sanity. Um, but overall, this is just about knowing that, you know, everything happens within your mind, which is kind of like what a lot of 
manifestation gurus teach about how, you know, your thoughts create your reality. Um, it's not exactly the same, but I would say that this principle is a little bit similar. The second one we have is correspondence, and this is just the principle that, you know, everything sort of mimics each other. Um, this could also be known as, like, you know, the macro mimics the micro and, you know, vice versa. So this is where you hear a lot of phrases like, as above, so below, as within, so without, and this kind of explains... Um, when, like, when it comes to manifestation, a lot of people talk about how everything is, like, everything outside of you that's external is a reflection of your internal condition. So, um, you know, it's like that idea that everybody is you pushed out, um, or everything that you're experiencing externally is basically just a way of showing you what's going on with you internally. So, like, um, you could use this if, like, let's say... For example, maybe you're dating and you just keep finding, you just keep ending up with people who kind of ghost you or keep, like, leaving you for some reason and you're not really sure why. Um, so an example of that would be, you know, maybe you're not actually showing up for yourself first. Um, again, that's just a quick little example. I'm not going to go too in-depth with that. Um, but something, something along those lines. Or if you're running a business and, um, maybe there's some issue with your payments, another example would be, like, you know, trying to feel like, okay, like, where are you out of integrity with your business? Um, or something, something along those lines. So that's a correspondence. The, the third one we have here is vibration. And this is the principle that everything moves, everything vibrates. So that's basically what it sounds like. Everything is constantly moving. And this is where you get like sort of the law of attraction aspect from is that everything has its own vibration or frequency and that we need to match that. Um, yeah, that's basically what that's saying is, you know, everything vibrates or has some sort of energy and things are constantly moving. So, you know, nothing really stays the same. Um, and I also feel like this kind of is where you get like the whole like, you know, nothing is permanent or everything is temporary sort of um, ideas. The fourth thing is polarity. So this is putting forth the idea that everything is dual. So um, you actually see this a lot in astrology. Actually, all of this stuff you can see in astrology. Um, but polarity is something I talk a lot about on this podcast a lot because, you know, when it comes to astrology, there is, um, you know, there's opposite signs, um, you know, things like that. Like, you, you can't have one without the other. Um, you know, like, everything sort of works works together. Um, just like how I talk about, like, you can't have the good without the bad or the light without the dark. Um, things like that all kind of relate to polarity. The fifth principle we have here is rhythm. And so, again, this is another thing you see a lot in astrology. And this is the idea that everything moves in cycles. And, again, astrology, guys, like, you see this all the time. You know, Mercury goes retrograde a certain amount of times out of the year. The planets constantly are changing and moving signs. And, you know, they go into the same places of our, our chart um, every year. So... You see this with a lot of things, you know, your heartbeat even, like your heart is always going, your um, your lungs when you breathe, that's its own rhythm. Um, there's the rhythm of everyday life, like those days or weeks where you just feel like you are, you know, waking up, making coffee, eating breakfast, going to work, or stopping at Starbucks, going to work, and then, you know, come home, make dinner, pick up your kids, whatever you need to do, go to soccer practice, I don't know. Um, but that, like, day-to-day -day life, almost kind of like the sixth house um, in astrology, it's that idea that, you know, everything is moving in cycles and why we see 
Um, even with history, you know, we see things happen again and again and again. Um, and it, it applies to so many different things. Um, so that's rhythm. The next one I have here, which is the sixth one, is cause and effect. And obviously this is very much what it sounds like, you know, for everything you do, like, there is an effect of that. Um, but really what this is trying to, like, drive home here is that, um, you have the power to create your reality. So you can consciously make choices that are going to have an effect on your life. Um, in one of the articles I was reading when I was kind of just brushing up on my knowledge about this before I started recording, um, you know, someone was saying that, you know, they know they're kind of out of alignment when they're feeling very reactive and very sort of like emotional or sensitive. Um, and really what this principle is about is putting yourself in an empowering place where you can realize that, like, you have control over your actions, you control yourself, like, everything is within the mind, you do have a choice in your thoughts and how you think, and, again, that drives what you do. Um, so you have that power to take action, to initiate, to actually start doing things, to work towards, um sort of where you want to go. And this was actually something big that came up for me recently. Um, I started pulling, like, daily tarot cards again just to try and, like, check in with myself and just see where, where I'm at energetically. And I kept getting the devil card one day when I was feeling, like, really... I was, like, really upset about something. Um, and it was re actually not even just upset, but it was, like, making me, like, kind of, like, depressed. Like, and I'm not really a depressed person, but, like, I felt, like, very, like, hopeless and, like, trapped in a way. Like, for me, feeling trapped is, like, not something I enjoy feeling, so that puts me in kind of, like, a, a depressy sort of mood or state. Um, and so I got the devil card, and I was like, okay, like, I get the devil card can sometimes, like, mean there's some, like, sort of, like, negative energy around and I know that every tarot card has multiple meanings, so it's not always just that. And so something I tend to do sometimes if I'm reading cards for myself or if I feel stuck is, like, I'll just kind of look up, like, what the meanings are. And the reason I do this is because a lot of the times I'll find, like, a blog post or something that will kind of remind me of some of the additional meanings of this card, and that kind of gets my intuition flowing. It's just, like, a little, a little reminder. And with this devil card, um, someone... Uh, so in some blog I read, I don't remember which one, but it brought up the idea that the devil card can sometimes indicate feeling like we are not in control of our lives and not able to control things around us, therefore kind of making us feel trapped, like the two people on the card who are, like, chained to the devil. And so just realizing for me that that card was about control was really empowering because, um... I kind of realized that I do have control over my life and I didn't have to kind of sit back and deal with what was going on. I mean, I did have to deal with it, but, like, I, I felt very powerless and, like, I didn't have a choice in the matter, and really I did. Um, you know, basically an opportunity to keep it brief. There was an opportunity that was presented to me that I felt obligated to take, but I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do it because it wasn't aligned with my goals and what I'm trying to manifest, and... I kind of just realized, like, nobody is making me do this. Um, I'm, I'm fine without taking the opportunity. Like, I don't need to. Like, if I did, it might be a good idea. Um, but there was nothing forcing me to do it. Like, I, everyone was supportive of me choosing to not take this opportunity. So, um, just realizing that I had that control and the power to say, no, I don't want this, and to just keep actively saying yes to what I want in my life was huge. So, 
again, I feel like that kind of ties in with cause and effect and just being in that empowered state of realizing that you do have control over your life and you do get to say, um, you know, no, I don't want to do this. Even if your reason for it is just as simple as like, you just don't want to do it. Like that is okay. You don't have to have excuses as to why you can't or shouldn't do something. Um, you know, saying I don't want to, that's self-love. If you, in your gut, don't feel like you want to do something and it makes you feel like, you know, trapped or if it doesn't feel expansive or if it feels just like very bad especially within your body like for me in this instance like I had like this like knot in my stomach thinking about taking this opportunity my body was telling me that you know this isn't a good idea and so naturally like following my human design um I took that as a very big sign to say no and again that is me choosing to love myself and choosing myself over um you know, things that I may feel obligated to do. And something I've been talking about a lot lately is how, you know, when you love yourself and you take care of yourself, everybody benefits, um, the collective benefits. So really self-care is not a selfish thing, um, because it causes this ripple effect, um, which again goes back to cause and effect. So if you choose to like do things that gear you towards loving yourself, it creates that effect, um, where, it really just raises the vibration of the whole planet. And obviously, like, yes, there are certain instances where we do sort of have to do things that we don't want to do, um, but you can you can still find ways to sort of um, make them not suck as much, you know? Like, you can, there's little things you can do to make things a little bit more tolerable. Like, it, you don't have to do it and be completely miserable. But anyways, I'm getting way off off track. Um, I just went on a total tangent there, but I hope it was helpful to you guys and that you guys got something good out of it. Um, the next principle that I wanted to talk about is gender. Um, and this puts forth the idea that everything is gendered. And I know that sounds very controversial um, because I know that there are some people out there that do not identify with gender. Um, but in this case, I invite you to kind of look at it more um, as not like an identity, but more of a, um, how do I put it, like just an energy, right? Um, because we do have like the, you know, divine masculine and the divine feminine energies, and we see this in a lot of things. And again, even in astrology, um, astrology, different astrology signs, like they all have genders, um, believe it or not. Um, which again, that's not to say that like you can't, for example, um, you know, be a girl and be an Aquarius, right? Like, you can have those masculine signs in your chart. But when it comes to the masculine and feminine, it's really about energy. And the way I view this is, um, it's, it's the masculine, for example. Um, I view the masculine as being more about, like, the doing and the going and the taking action. Whereas the feminine, I view more as, like, the sitting back and receiving. And this is something that I think about a lot and use a lot in... Um, manifestation because, you know, sometimes when we're manifesting something, we get that inspired action where we're like, oh, I should go email this person or, um, you know, maybe I should go to this store or maybe I should check out this website or, I don't know, listen to this podcast episode even. Um, and I would say that, you know, the little inspired actions and things like that, um, that's the masculine part, right? Like that's the doing and the going and the getting, <laughs> Um, and then when it comes to, like, receiving your manifestation, that's when we need to take a step back and lean more into the feminine. So, um, like, an example of this, right, just to put it in perspective for you guys, let's say that I wanted to start a business. Um, maybe 
I want to start a chocolate shop, for example. Let's say I just, I want to make a bunch of chocolate and sell it and make it a thing, right? And I want to manifest it. So I would set the intention that, you know, I want to, I want to make chocolates and start this chocolate shop. Um, and so to get there, there's a lot of steps I would have to take, like, and that's the masculine part. Like I would have to, um, figure out how to set up a website or a store or, um, make a business plan or, you know, get a a lease on a place or something. Like there's all these little steps I would have to take. But when it comes to the business actually being successful, like, you know, am I going to make money off of this? Is it going to be sustainable? Will I profit off of this? Um, that's when I would have to start to lean a little bit more into the feminine and then I'd have to, you know, I have the shop set up. So now, okay, here it is. Now I have to, you know, all I have to focus on is making the chocolates and making a good product, right? And that's the masculine. But then when it comes to actually receiving the money or the, um, I don't know what you would call it, but like people finding out about your chocolate shop, like receiving all that, receiving the abundance, receiving the attention for your shop, um, you know, getting the word out there, like that is sort of the feminine. Um, and you can relax into that feminine energy. I mean, my biggest trick for that is just to like literally focus on having fun. So that could be as simple as like going to watch a movie or, um, reading a book or going for a walk outside or, Literally anything that just brings you joy. So let's say if I started this chocolate shop um, out of, you know, the fact that I just love making chocolate, that's like my passion, um, that's the thing I focus on. I focus on, you know, what kind of cool, fun chocolates can I make? What are some fun flavors? Like what what's fun for me about this? And so just naturally, as you start to focus on the, the fun part of that, um, that's going to start to attract like more customers. People are going to be like, wow, I love this chocolate shop. They have so many unique flavors. They have so many unique, um, chocolates and items. And that's again, relaxing into the feminine and that creative energy. And then naturally it's just going to draw people in. Um, and that's really, that's how I view it. The masculine and the feminine, especially with manifestation, there's like the masculine going and the doing, and then that feminine aspect of just relaxing and having fun and really just surrendering even, um, surrendering things to the universe and just knowing that the universe is going to take care of everything and really bring you what you need. Um, you know, there's, there's those two parts to that. And those things are very important when it comes to manifestation because, um, you know, a lot of the time, like you're not just going to tell the universe you want something and it's going to appear on your doorstep. Um, I mean, not to say that there haven't been scenarios that I've personally read about where stuff like that has happened to people. Like, I remember reading a story about someone who wanted, um, I don't know, like a KitchenAid mixer or something random like that. And like, literally there was just one, they thought about it. And then one just appeared on their doorstep. They had no idea where it was from or anything. Um, but I would say that's, that's pretty rare to come by, but anything can happen. But yeah, so those are the seven hermetic principles. Again, I would love to do a more in-depth podcast on those at some point, but all of those things need to be taken into account when it comes to manifestation. Um, and that's just a big thing that not a lot of people talk about. And I've been wanting for a really long time to just sort of bring that up to people. So I'm glad I got to share it today. Um, the second thing that they don't tell you about manifestation is that it's really important to be realistic. It's important to ground yourself. Um, I know for me, for the last couple months, I was getting very caught up in this airy fairy of like, um, 
place of like, you know, oh, I can do whatever I want and I can have whatever I want. And yes, like there is a limitless infinite universe where anything is possible and you can have whatever you want. But at the same time, it is important, very, very important that we are not um, being totally unrealistic or even, you know, to the, to, this is an extreme, but even a bit delusional um, because it actually is possible, you guys, a lot of people don't say this, but it is possible to break your psyche, um, which is basically just making yourself sort of like go crazy because you're believing things are happening that are not actually there. And so it's very, very important to protect that because if we want to stay sane, um, for sure. And again, I'm not saying that like you can't achieve those really big dreams or those big goals because I totally believe anything's possible, but, um, you just got to be careful. Like for me, for a long time with manifestation, I was coming from a very, non-grounded place where I was, how do I put it? I was basically just, I mean, I've said this before. I used to treat manifestation like a game. Like what's the biggest, craziest, most ridiculous thing I could manifest? And, um, I was like a kid in a candy shop and I did manifest a lot of great things, but, um, again, it's just really important to be grounded and to be realistic. Um, a big part of manifestation, too, is really doing things that you believe you can do. And sometimes, you know, we do need to do extra work to actually believe that we can have the things that we want for sure. And that is something I love so much about manifestation is that I find that, you know, all these crazy dreams and things that I'm trying to manifest... Um, you know, there's layers of myself and my ego that I sort of have to like pull back and unravel and I'm constantly learning new things about myself in this process. And through this process, it has been really, really healing in a lot of ways. Um, but just be realistic with yourself. Um, and it's okay to pick smaller goals to work towards the bigger things. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, Yeah. Um, so what I've started to do and what I really recommend you guys do, um, so that we're not like just being like delusional, um, because there's a lot of people that talk about manifestation out there and, um, I'm not going to name any names of course, but, um, there are some big name, um, people out there who, you know, are really well known in the manifestation community and, they just, they have this, like, almost, like, facade where, like, they make their life on social media look like it's perfect, and in reality, like, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, um, and that's why I think it's really important to just be honest and real with yourself. So, anyways, um, and be careful about who you follow and who you get your information from, like, a especially when it comes to manifestation, um, because, like, this is like a mind game, right? And you want to be very careful with your mind, and I'm not saying this to scare you or anything like that, um, but, you know, just, just have, ask for that gift of discernment when it comes to who you follow for your manifestation tips and tricks. Um, so anyways, some things that I invite you to sort of ask yourself to kind of stay in that grounded, practical state um, when it comes to, like, setting your goals or manifesting certain things, um, really ask yourself, like, the right questions. Um, a big thing that I've heard with, like, a lot of, like, I don't know if it's, like, business people or just wealthy people or whatever, but, um, you know, it's really important to think about the quality of your questions and to ask the right questions for a lot of things. 
And so especially when it comes to manifestation, um, some questions that I like to ask myself are, if I was blank, so whatever it is that you want to do or be, what would I be doing? So, like, if I had a business, what would I do? If I was a singer, what would I do? Um, And I find that just asking that question really sort of gets the ball rolling and gets you thinking of, like, okay, like, what actions can I take? Um, Let's say you want to be a singer, and you're like, if I was a singer, what would I do? Well, if you were a singer, you would be singing. So maybe that looks like um, entering a talent show or putting up YouTube videos or even taking singing lessons if you're like, I've never sung a day in my life, but I want to sing. Um, maybe that first step for you is just finding a good vocal coach to work with. Um, the second question that I like to ask myself is how can I make this happen? Um, so if I wanted to make a, let's say I want to make a thousand dollars just for whatever reason, then I would think, okay, like how is this possible? And I might think, okay, well I could do a workshop on this or I could teach a class on this and I could, um, I have an old, guitar amp that I could sell or an old piano or I don't know why I'm thinking of musical instruments but maybe you have you remember you have something that you don't use anymore that you could sell or um you know maybe there's a a service you could offer to someone um there's you know just those questions just really help to get your brain thinking of like okay what can I realistically do right now um I know there's a lot of stuff when it comes to manifestation that talks about like you know act as if and I do think that Acting as if can be helpful in some cases, especially when it's like, you know, you're kind of venturing into unknown territory. Um, But I feel like you kind of have to use it with things that are already sort of true. Like, I know for me, I use this when I was really focusing on becoming a professional astrologer. Um, I felt very uncomfortable for a long time calling myself a professional astrologer because I had just been studying it for eight or nine years and it was just something I did for fun. And when I started doing it professionally, like, that felt very weird to, like, call myself that. Um, But when I finally sat down and said, yes, I am a professional astrologer, I do astrology full-time, that sort of just reaffirmed to me that, like, wait, yes, like, this actually is who I am. I just have been too, too nervous or dealing with, like, too much imposter syndrome to actually acknowledge it. Um, And so as I said it, I just got more comfortable saying it and... It was just more true for me. So, again, you have to be sort of careful with things like that because if that wasn't true at all, like, that might, that could be kind of a disaster. But, um, again, it it could go either way. Um, Basically, all I'm trying to say is just be careful with the acting as if. I do think energetically, too, it does create, like, that big yes, I'm open symbol to the universe, which can be really helpful. Um... But at the same time, like, don't, you don't want to be a liar. You don't want to, um, you know, just say things that aren't true. You still want to have integrity. And that is all very, very important. Um, And again, I know there's like this, there's some people out there that like, you know, are into manifestation and they're saying that they are this thing that they're, they're really not. So again, you have to be really careful because we don't, we don't want to be lying to people, you guys. Like this isn't, um... You know, it's just, it's just not right. But anyways, that's kind of my second thing is just, I really want to tell you guys that it's just so important to like be realistic and to be grounded, um, get outside in nature, meditate. Um, oh, one more thing I wanted to cover on this subject. A lot of manifestation 
one of the key things they talk about is like raising your vibration. And raising your vibration is basically, if you don't know already, it's just doing things that feel good and make you happy and just put you in what's called like, you know, a high vibe state. And obviously, like, there's nothing wrong with feeling good. And especially after like learning about human design, like, I definitely would never discourage someone from doing or pursuing something that really truly lights them up. Um, unless, of course, it was somehow dangerous to them. But anyways, um, I think it really is important to focus on things that, like, do make you happy and do make you feel good. But there is this thing that, um, people like Gabby Bernstein call, you know, manic festing, where, you know, we're in this, like, super happy, happy, joy, joy state. And it's, first of all, it's really not good for our brains to always be in this happy, happy, joy, joy state. Like, it's just not healthy to be, like, manic. Um... And I, I don't mean that in a, in a way to shame anyone, by the way. I'm sorry. I like, hopefully that doesn't come off wrong. Like, if I have anyone who's like, you know, bipolar or anything listen, listening to me, I'm not saying that to, you know, sound like I'm shaming that. But, um, you know, it really isn't good to, to be like always like super, super happy all the time. Um, and so, Again, this is, like, where you just need to be careful. Like, it's good to do things that feel good, um, but you you do want to ground yourself because being super, super happy, happy, joy, joy all the time, like, that is not a grounded feeling. Um, being grounded is kind of like, you know, being, like, very calm, very centered, very present, and when we're kind of, like, up in the clouds and we're, like, you know super happy all the time, like, that's, that's not always a good thing, and that's also where we sort of get into the sort of, like, toxic positivity that a lot of people have been talking about lately, and I think my whole thing about this is, is that I think with, when it comes to toxic positivity and manifestation, I do think it's good to feel happy and it's good to do things that make you feel good, but I do think that in order to get to those happy, happy, joy, joy feelings that we want to feel, or at least just get to a place where we feel satisfied and content, um, especially if you're a generator in human design, feeling satisfied is very important to you. Um, but in order to get to those feelings, we do have to sort of sit with those more negative feelings and we have to sort of release them and just let ourselves process them as well. I think processing those negative emotions and not constantly burying them or keeping them stuck is crucial. Um, I know for me, like a year ago when I was dealing with some really bad anxiety, um, I literally, because I meditated so much, I learned to just sit and feel all the thought, like, feelings of anxiety and to have the thoughts and to literally just sit with it. Like, I remember I was freaking out about something one day and I literally just sat on my bedroom floor and just, like, just observed myself. Like, I didn't react to anything. I didn't judge anything. But I just sat there and I listened to my thoughts and I just let my brain have the thoughts. I let my brain go over every worst case scenario and every possible thing that could pop up. And I just listened. Like, I just, I just let them come and I let them go. I didn't judge anything. I didn't react to anything. I literally just laid there on my bedroom floor and just listened. And then a few minutes later, it was gone. I felt totally fine. I was able to talk myself through some of the thoughts I was having and to explain why maybe that's not true or, you know, okay, well, if this happens, then I can do this. And I was really able to do a lot of grounding and damage control in a way. Um, And then I felt better. So again, I think it's very important to learn that skill of just observing your thoughts 
and to just process them and let your mind have the thoughts. Like our brains are a lot like computers. Like they need to update in order to sort of get things out, which I, I guess that isn't really like computers, but up, letting your brain update is very important. That's why a lot of the times, you know, we're so busy throughout the day and then we go to bed at night and our brains just start, you know, just coming up with all this crazy stuff like where's that shirt I had three years ago or why did I say this to that person today they probably think this about me or remembering a scenario that happened like seven years ago um things like that because your brain your brain just needs that time to process and to update and when we're going about our days we don't always have that time to process so when we lay down at night um our brains are just always always going and on so I think that's all I have to say about being grounded and realistic and not just being super airy-fairy and not grounded when it comes to manifesting. The last thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, um, or the last thing that people don't tell you about manifestation is that the universe will rearrange everything for your manifestation. And what I mean by this is that a lot of the times, um, Whenever we want to bring something new into our lives, there kind of has to be this little bit of a trade-off or a sacrifice, um, and I believe this is tied in with what, what they call the pendulum in in hermeticism, and it's this idea that th- this metaphorical pendulum is always swinging, so, so if we're always pushing things one way, um, you know, if we're pushing the pendulum so it goes one way, eventually the pendulum's going to swing and then things are going to go, you know, start to go another way. And this is kind of why life has a lot of ups and downs, why we, you know, it's normal, um, you know, but in life we te- we typically have seasons of things being really good and then seasons of things being not so good and it just, you know, kind of is always going that way. Um, I know that some hermeticists out there really strive to sort of keep the pendulum neutral. I don't fully understand how you do that or how life would even be interesting if you didn't do that, but that's just my take on it. Um, and so when it comes to manifestation, a lot of the times, um, and even like Deepak Chopra kind of talks a little bit about this. He probably doesn't explain it the same way that I am, but, um, I know in one of his books, he talks about you have to give in order to receive. And I feel like that's a little bit similar to what I'm talking about, but basically there is some sort of a trade-off. And an example of this would be, for me anyways, um, what was it like a year, actually last year when the, when the pandemic started, I was like, I really wanted a dog. Like I already have a dog, but I wanted another dog. Um, and so I think I wanted like a French bulldog or a Samoyed or some, some really cute, fluffy, not cute, or well, I mean, yes, cute. Um, but yeah, some, some really cute dog or whatever. I don't know. Um, And I remember at the time, like, I put it on, like, a vision board that I had, and I set the intention that, like, I was going to get this dog. And then, um, my dog that I had, I've only, at the time, so this was, like, back in March or April, um, but at the time, I'd only had the dog since October, and he was still a puppy, and we rescued him, and I love my dog, but, um... We went through this phase where he was, like, shitting in his crate, like, every single day, and, like, you know, I was started wondering, like, I don't know if I can handle this dog. I think he's too much. Um, you know, I was getting frustrated because, like, nobody likes to clean up dog poop every single day. Um, and then come to find out, he ended up just, you know, being sick um, because we brought him to a vet. Um, and then we got him medicine. But during that time, like, I was so frustrated. I was like, I don't know if I can keep caring for this dog. And I realized that the reason I was feeling that way was because that was 
kind of part of my manifestation to get this other dog because I had this belief that I could only have one dog. So it was like, if I got rid of this dog and like brought him, I don't know, rehomed him or brought him back to the shelter, which honestly I would never really want to do or don't think I ever would do because that's just not nice. But, um, oh gosh. But basically, I just realized I was having these thoughts because that was, like, the trade-off, right? Like, I couldn't get this other dog if I didn't get rid of the dog that I currently had. So, like, you know, out of frustration, before we knew he was sick or anything, I was kind of like, oh my god, like, maybe this isn't the dog we should have. Like, maybe it would be more responsible for us to rehome him. And, of course, we ended up not doing that. We we got him to the vet. We got him his medicine. Um, and he started feeling better. He stopped shitting in his crate every day, thank god. Um, and honestly, I just decided I didn't want to do that because, I mean, we made the commitment to rescue this dog and to love him and take care of him, and I, I wouldn't want to just abandon my dog like that. So, um, obviously, too, like, yes, it's possible, like, you know, I, I could have just had two dogs, um, but realistically, though, that's just not with my house and everything, like, it's just not something I could see us doing at this point. Um, maybe someday if we move... Who knows? But, um, yeah, that was just kind of, like, something that was happening for me. Um, another thing that could happen is, like, if you're trying to, um, manifest a new job, that might look like, you know, you getting fired from your current job or quitting a job or whatever. It's like the universe is always helping you to sort of make room for something, something new to come in because you have to make space, right? Um, and that's really what, I feel like a lot of people don't talk about, like, there's a lot of things rearranging, and, um, Catherine Zinkina talks a little bit about this on some of her stuff, where she talks about how before the manifestation comes, there's going to be a lot of chaos, <laughs> because the universe is just rearranging everything in your life to bring in, um, whatever it is that, you know, you're trying to get. Um, and I know another example, too, is I know for me, when I was trying to manifest my car, um, I really wanted a Honda CRV, which again, I know is not anything fancy, but for me, it was a big deal because I've always driven these really like kind of crappy, like couple thousand dollar cars that would like be good for a year and then they'd break down and they would just stop working and all this stuff. And so the way that played out for me when I manifested this car, um, I set the intention that I wanted a new car and literally like the same day, you guys, I found out that my car had a problem with it, and it was going to cost, like, $3,000 to fix it, and as soon as that happened, I was like, this is it. It's happening. I'm going to get my new car, um, and that sparked a whole new journey for me, um, but that was, like, the trade-off was, like, you know, the universe had to get rid of that beat-up car that I was driving around in order to make space for my new car to come in, so, again, that there's always going to be, like, a trade-off or some sort of sacrifice that may need to be made in order to get it. And, like, that sounds scary, right? Like, it sounds like it could be a bad thing, but a lot of the time, like, it is, the universe is just taking away those things that are no longer serving you, and they're just making room for something even better to come along, to, yeah, something even better to come along. So, yeah, that is it. Those are my three big things of what they don't tell you about manifestation. I hope this episode was helpful to you guys. I hope Mercury Retrograde is being good to you guys right now. Um, if you like this podcast, it would mean the freak... Sorry. If you like this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me. 
if you guys would leave me a review on iTunes um, or share this episode with a friend this week. You can also screenshot it, share it on Instagram. Um, you can follow me on Instagram um, if you want to connect with me further at Whitney the Space Witch. I'm also on Facebook. You can join our Facebook group, the, the Space Witch community. And I also have a Space Witch podcast page you can like. And yeah, I think that is everything I wanted to say. Um, don't forget, you are so much more than your sun sign. And I will catch you guys here next time on the Space Witch podcast. <laughs>